Just Google gymnastics movie that Kirsten Dunst is not in. And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 49. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite music artists to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my very good friend... Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis, how you doing? This week, I watched the movie Chronicle, and you listened to the artist Halsey. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. I think this is going to be a very exciting episode. I've, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I really am as well. Most importantly, I am in Florida right now, so now I'm three hours away from you. By uh-huh. episode 200, I should actually be on the other side of the world. Uh, if, nice. if, and that's assuming I just stay in one place. So, yes, that's uh, assuming if you just stay in one place and I just keep, keep traveling further and further away from you. Yep. No. Well, I mean, eventually the world is round, so you'll travel further and further and then eventually start coming back. And then you'll be in the same place as me. I can't tell you how glad I am to learn that you are not a flat earther. No, I'm not. Uh, That's I'm not. Really you know what's news. funny is uh, I actually, uh, I don't know why this is seems related, but I just auditioned for a game show today. Okay. And uh, and it's a quiz show, and it's it's all like um, uh, brain teasers and puzzles and stuff like that. And I did very well on the test, but I've realized during taking it that I got a couple of the answers right by accident, mm. by by imagining some answer that wasn't actually the real answer that they meant so um so that was interesting but uh yeah did very well and i'm moving on to the next round so here's hoping i do a game show and win a lot of money i i really look forward to that uh because then we can take our podcast to the next level for sure the next level we can spend that 25 grand that they're asking for to advertise on some npr show (laughs) exactly something like that exactly can you imagine? Can you imagine like spending twenty five grand and then and then like what do you make back from that? You know. You, yeah, yeah. We get like a hundred new, you know, listeners, which converts oh, into it would like be more. I I gotta give us credit for if we're being an appealing show. Our 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 whole thing is, uh, I think, a lot of fun. So I feel like we'd get more. Oh well, that's I love that. I love that optimism. I love that. Huh, I am anything uh, if not an optimist, or nothing if not an optimist. I am everything <laughs> and an optimist. <laughs> I so, think that's exactly uh, so how right. Is, yeah, how are you doing down in Florida? What's going on? I'm doing pretty I mean, well. I know why you're there. We've talked about it, I think. Yeah, we've talked about it. My wife is painting a house, and I'm doing a fair bit of uh, painting as well. But uh, yeah, I'm watching the dogs during the day, and... Getting up on the roof and painting some of the higher stuff. Uh, but that's all done with now, thankfully. And so now it's all going to oh, be wow. down on the ground. It's a mostly a one-story house. There's just sort of a peaked roof in front and back that I had to do. Uh, so, yeah. So that's kind of kind of it. Like, that's what I'm doing down here. Uh, we had a nice drive down. We just missed a hurricane down in... Uh, n- not a hurricane. A tornado. It's like a hurricane. It's oh. smaller and more intense. Yeah. Uh, in just outside of Nashville, we were driving along and we saw, uh, trees that had been actually completely torn off of 
like so i've seen trees like ripped out of the ground before like the roots but this was like the trunks were like snapped in half it was mm-hmm. one of the most intense things i've ever seen and that apparently had it had gone through like a half hour earlier so we kind of kind of missed a direct tornado hit wow, by not a amazing. lot thankfully yeah, that's that's crazy yeah thankfully we do stop a lot and so we were a little slower than we might have been <laughs> Ooh, yeah i've seen that before and actually when i moved to nashville they had just had a hurricane go through the neighborhood that i moved into and so our dog walk walked by a lot of the did i say hurricane i meant tornado you did say hurricane. um we're, yeah, it was really, your fault yeah it's uh, my fault. i believe in that but the tornado went through and you could see kind of the path and the that ripping off roofs of houses and twisting trees off their uh, trunks so yeah they are devastating in a very like small path it's yeah. um it's kind of crazy yes and this path went right across the interstate so yikes wow but thankfully, wow. thankfully, we are okay. Dogs are okay. Uh, and we are safely ensconced in Florida for the next several weeks. So we'll That's be doing great. a few of these episodes. That's great. I had, not, I had wondered whether you were driving with the dogs. Because uh, we talked while you were in the car. And uh, it, it occurred to me whether you had the dogs in there with you. And uh, yeah, they were. Yep. I'm yep. glad they're doing well. Yeah. How was uh, uh, your week, Travis? Well, uh, my week has been pretty good. My dog is doing okay. She's sitting uh, over on the bed just out of uh, frame, but she is uh, she's doing well. She got into a little bit of a scrape at the dog park this morning, and I'm uh, I was really upset with her because she was a littler dog, and uh, she, I ended up having to pull her off of the dog, and, oh. uh, and I don't know what happened. I I think the dog was after her ball, or they were after each other's balls, and they and they. <laughs> Just got like, it's not funny. It's not funny. It's serious. And so, but I had to literally pry her. Yeah. Like she had a really good grip on him and I pried her jaws off and no one was hurt. No one was bleeding or anything like that. Thank goodness. Yeah. But I was very upset at her because, uh, you know, I raised her to be gentle and, um, and we socialize a lot. So Mm -hmm. this type of behavior is abnormal in the time that I've had her. So, yeah. um, so we're going to have to do some more training and yeah. uh, stuff like that. Yeah, that's scary. Um, yeah, other than that, my show went on hiatus uh, in, uh, on Thursday, and we had, a, we had a holiday party after that, which was great because everybody was there, and uh, everybody was very complimentary about me and oh, uh, nice. my job on the show. And, ta- and you know, one of the producers actually said he was waiting. He just was so excited for the time when I uh, break out and get famous, and uh, he's, <laughs> he's excited for that for me, if that ever happens. But uh, it's nice. Um, I also, what's funny, I got a... Uh, a notification I'll turn off my do not disturb but um it was about it was from cameo and I actually got a cameo this week which I haven't done in a long probably it's been a couple months since I had a cameo last so uh, okay. that was fun to do yeah. yeah and it was for pretty little liars which oh fun is not the thing people normally ask me to uh, do it for usually they want me to dress up as inspector space time and do a do a little inspector message yeah, I saw, I saw, I was not a Pretty Little Liars fan or anything, but I did see a couple of your appearances on that. You were super creepy, which I think was the Thank goal, you. right? Yeah. It was. They they call him Creepy Harold, and uh, it was a Norman <laughs> Bates type character. That yeah. was a fun episode where I actually had to, um, when I got that, the audition, I was researching it was very clear from the script that it was an, a psycho homage and uh, sure. they wanted a Norman Bates type. So I actually rewatched Psycho and researched uh, Anthony Perkins' performance, which is, by to my money, one of the best 
acting performances of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, I found one of the little things I found was that uh, Norm, uh, Anthony Perkins decided that Norman was always eating. Like, mm. even if it wasn't a scene where they were having sandwiches, he carried around a little bag of candy corn. Mm-hmm. And would always be munching it during a scene. Mm-hmm. So on my way to the audition, I stopped and got a bag of candy corn from the Ralphs and uh, <laughs> was munching it on it in the audition, which is generally a bad idea. Uh-huh. Like you're not supposed to have props in auditions unless mm-hmm. it's a phone or something that you would normally carry around with you. Mm-hmm. And certainly, like eating food is uh, a little verboten. But uh, it was a it was a choice. It was a strong choice and a non purpose you know, thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I finished the casting director was like, that was genius. Not necessarily about the food, but the whole audition. And, uh, and I ended up booking it. Well, that's really awesome, man. Very cool. Yeah. And then I got on the set and, uh, I had to ask them for, uh, for a bag for my candy corn. Uh, So the props guy had to go and find a little bag, uh, that didn't have any, uh, you know, logos or anything on it. Yeah. You can see it. You can see it in the episode. I, it's there on the counter. It's uh, kind of fun. Very cool, yeah. very cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into this uh, episode and talk to you about uh, these, uh, this movie and this, uh, the singer. Yeah, me you too. Wanna, uh, you want to jump in, get into the meat, shake let's, things up? Let's shake things up and talk about the music first this week. All right, all right. Well, tell me about Halsey, man. Halsey is a singer-songwriter out of New Jersey, and I quite like her. She works in sort of the pop genre but addresses subjects that I think are not as commonly uh, addressed uh, by some of the other artists. Uh, She talks a lot about mental illness. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of relationship stuff, which is uh, maybe a little bit more common, but she clearly has lived a pretty rough life and talks about it pretty openly in her music, and I really, really like her. My, I didn't tell you last week, my favorite of these songs is the song called 3AM, which is about, I guess, trying to make connections with people in the internet age. Uh, uh, there's a couple of pretty big hits on here. I'd be really surprised if you hadn't at least heard one or two of them at some point while walking through a, a, a mall or something like that. Uh, possible, possible, maybe. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, what'd you think of this? This is similar to some things we've done before, but not. But I feel like it's got an interesting twist. Yeah. Uh, so Matt, this was a, uh, a this was a lot of fun to experience uh, this album, and uh, I. Oh, I, I should I, I say. I should yeah. say, this is her third album. It's Manic. Oh. It came out in 2020. Uh, I almost gave you her debut album, which came out in 2015, and which is also very, very strong. Uh, but this one, I felt, was just like a little more adult and a little more fully baked, I guess, than her first album. So, I appreciate anyways, that. Yeah. yeah, and I felt that. the uh, There was so much that I really enjoyed about this album. Uh, I, uh, 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 let me say this. I didn't dislike anything, mm-hmm. right? So there was nothing that I was like, oh, ooh, that's, I don't like that. Uh, and one of the things I want to preface this by uh, is saying that, do you know how I often say that listening to these albums on my headphones is not probably the experience that they're meant for, right? Yeah. Uh, in this case, I really enjoyed having the audio right into my ears. And I think it's because the... 
the the production of this album is so meticulous mm-hmm. and specific and uh, so you can really hear that in the in the in the way the the lyrics are mixed and the and the vocals and the instruments and there are a lot of little interesting choices made with different instruments that are uh, that are put in mm-hmm. and uh, and I thought it was really good uh, the it caught me from the start there were uh, I, I've listened to it twice all the way through and it's a kind of a long-ish album there were I yeah mean, this is 16 the del- tracks on this. yeah this is the deluxe edition the original album ended after at uh, Beautiful Stranger, which I think is a beautiful, soft way to end the album. Uh, yeah. So the, all the tracks that were after that are sort of like deluxe edition tracks. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, wow, that's a, a lot. And I can see how those would be a little bit extra, although even the last song on the album is, uh, it was uh, 929. Uh, I remember being uh, pretty good, too. And um, so I'll tell you, though, the... I also watched the video you sent me of Halsey performing on Saturday Night Live, and mm-hmm. she paints while she performs, and it's a very interesting performance. And, and you can see how extraordinarily talented this, uh, this woman is. And she is, I guess she's very young, in her 20s? Yeah, she's in her still? mid-20s now. Yeah, she was about yeah, 17 so. when she was discovered. Wow, you know, and that just, uh, it's one of those things that makes you feel a little inferior as a creative person sometimes <laughs> uh, when you come across that. But, uh, but it, it's undeniable to, to get this, um, you, can, you can super see the talent that's, that goes into this. One of the things I really loved listening to it was the lyricism. Mm-hmm. And not only the lyrics themselves, and I don't know if she's writing them or if she has writers that are doing this for her or what, but also her ability to deliver lyrics in a good way, in a yeah. very interesting, um, almost uh, almost rap kind of way. Mm. Um, but she's, the lyric, I don't know, man, you know. It's very rhythmic, I am, yeah. It's rhythmic, but I am all I'm really picky with lyrics, and you know this. Mm-hmm. I've 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 criticized some bands for having lyrics that are that are unnecessarily poetic, and then on the other hand, not poetic enough. And uh, this really goes right through the middle, and uh, and has that perfect. It, it delivers imagery, but also the the words sound good to your ear. Uh, I don't know how to describe it exactly, other than to say that um, th- it. It works for me very well. Mm-hmm. And um, the only things I didn't love are perhaps the sound of her voice. Mm. Although she's a fine singer, I feel like she doesn't have her own sound. Okay. Right? Because the sound of it reminded me very much of uh, someone else we've listened to uh, in the last year. I don't remember who it was mm-hmm. necessarily. But that kind of, that sound of a young girl moving into womanhood sound. And then on mm-hmm. top of that, they apply a, um, oftentimes a, a filter to it mm-hmm. of some kind that makes yeah. it sound even a little tinny, a little, a little almost younger. I, it, I feel like it might be influenced, and I don't know if this is true, but a little influence from like K-pop type type sound. Okay, um, and that's what it feels like to me. It just it has that kind of that like J- Japanese uh, Asian pop kind of 
anime-type cartoonishness to it. A little bit okay. here and there. And I didn't love that. The other thing is um, I don't like the swears. Um, I don't think she needed the swears. You know, she throws in, <laughs> she drops an F-bomb a few times. And uh, I don't know. I don't, like, call me Puritan, but uh, I don't think that is necessary. And, and certainly it's not going to appear on the radio edit of whatever song these are. So uh, I don't know how they edited those out, whether it's just a, like they have a blank where the F word is, or if they replace it with something like, you know, the could TV edit. Well, first of all, yeah, you're a Puritan. Um, second of all, the typically what they do. So it's not like when we were younger and they would literally just drop the vocal entirely. Typically yeah. they will either do an alternate lyric or they will, uh, or they will like repeat something uh, so that it it sounds very natural on the radio now. Mm. It's not like the 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 days of bleeps or dropouts are long gone. It, it radio okay, edits good. do sound similar, and there are a few songs where I actually prefer the radio edit because they're a little more clever. Not with Halsey. I think you're absolutely wrong about Halsey. She should definitely swear. If you listen to the stories of some of these relationships, she should probably be swearing more than she has. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll uh, talking about the relationships right off the bat. I think they are uh, the the you really get what these relationships felt like, and it opened up a lot in me about you know thinking about my relationships and the way the way I was hurt or uh, or, or or you know the the person that I was in a relationship with, uh, and so for that I think I would really commend her and her team or who, mm-hmm. you know whoever was responsible for writing these songs to um ugh, i'm getting a i don't know if you can hear that uh, siren can, going by yeah. right outside yeah sorry about that uh live radio during the day and um but yeah i i really the 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 heart is really there and and, mm-hmm. and that feeling of how being in love and being loved and having your heart broken um and and the, the passion of relationships, all that is in here, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, I want to say there is a theme in her music of dating older men, and I think that this is a really, I want to say, you know, she obviously comes from a very rough background. She struggled with drugs early in her life. She struggled with mental illness earlier in her life. Oh, and I had no idea. That wasn't obvious to me at all. Well, I I just, what I was going to say is, is that people who enter the music industry young do sometimes end up, you know, with sort of Svengali-like people around them who sure, maybe yeah. are, don't have their best interests at heart or, you know, and she seems to very much have her eyes open about how those relationships affected her, uh, not on this album, but on her earlier album, she actually refers to someone's gray hair, uh, mm. you know. And in this album, she has that that song that I pointed out to you. Uh, I hope you're sad. I think is what it's called. Uh, you should be sad. And you know, like I said last week, it sounds like such a dumb line, right? You should be sad. It's like very on the nose. But the way that the song evolves. And the way she talks about it really, I think, puts you 
it helps you understand her situation. And I really love the line about how she's glad she never had children with him because he can't love anything as much as he loves himself. And I, you know, I think that she does a wonderful, wonderful job of taking and bringing people in and helping them understand her situation, even if it's not, you know, clearly it's not my situation, right? And has never been my situation. And a lot of that's very relatable, too. There's a line in that song where uh, I had no warning about who you are. And Mm -hmm. uh, I feel very that's something that I dealt with, too, uh, with one of my exes. It's like, uh, you know, we spent a couple of years before I really got to know who you were. And uh, and it wasn't it wasn't okay. So, yeah. 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 Very much so. And uh, yeah. So even the things that are very specific are still very relatable. And I really love that about her. the other song, obviously, I did want to mention 3AM, which I think is just a great, upbeat pop song that I I love. I just love listening to it. I love the chorus. You know, I'm going through the numbers in my phone because I don't want to spend the night alone. But yep. all, every time I am in front of a person, it's not as good of an experience as sort of the the online, you know, sort of mediated uh interaction right and yeah I, there was something about uh needing a digital uh interaction because when it's physical it's not as good yeah and uh I, I, the rhyme was good but also just you're like yep i get it uh yeah. yeah it was very and also i didn't quite mention this but the sound quality of the lyrics mm-hmm. you know i often harp on that about how the mix isn't enough to really hear the lyrics and that's not the case on this you can really hear what she's saying because the lyrics are, I think, so well done, that's important. Yeah. And uh, to really get that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the production value of what she does is very, very high, but it's never the most important part of her songs. The most important part of her songs are the lyrics and, and the, you know, the melodies and, and choruses are really good, too. But, uh, but it's really about the lyrics with this one. And they, they really stand up. Yeah, there was a, the only thing that I might harp on a bit, uh, if I'm being picky, is that. Uh, so I said I mentioned that I didn't think that Halsey had really a sound of her own to her voice, um, and the. But also, I, I would have liked maybe a touch more variety in the songs themselves, um, just a, a smidge. But but even that, I got a lot of. There was a lot of variety as far as uh, the type of music, so mm-hmm. maybe that's being too nitpicky. Um, yeah. But it's it's. I, I guess I'm used to the days when, uh, say, Madonna would write an al- you know have an album, and one song would be completely different type from another, and mm-hmm. I feel like those days might be gone in a way that we don't get that kind of variety within an album anymore. Yeah, and I don't think we get that variety on the radio anymore either. You know, I I would say genres are much more narrowly defined now. And even even like, so pop is pretty wide ranging of a term, but at any given time, most of the pop is kind of going to sound like other pop. You know, yeah, that. well, and I did have a couple of songs in here where I'm like, oh, this reminds me so much of something else. Mm. There was one song I was trying to spend all morning trying to come up with. Maybe, maybe you would know. Um, it's uh, I don't know if it's a country song or a, or a, or a pop, but it's um, uh, it start it goes uh, 
You know what? I do? I, well, I know which Halsey song you think that 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 sounds like, uh, right, but I right. don't. Because those I'm first not, two, those yeah. first two strips, and uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it. I can't remember what it is, but yeah. I'm like, oh, I know this from somewhere, and uh, and I can't remember if it was a like a like a Carrie Underwood or uh, or. I yeah. Don't know. No, I would agree. The chord progression sounds pretty or familiar. Or Shakira or something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there are a couple of those where uh, the, 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 either the, and there were a couple of deliberate references too. There was a, uh, a reference to a um, uh, uh, Daniel Bedingfield song uh, <laughs> that I used to listen to back in the, when I first okay. moved to LA. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I don't know if it was, a, it was supposed to be, but the lyrics are specifically mm-hmm. from that song. Okay. Uh, but then I think some of the similarities with other songs maybe weren't on purpose and maybe just similar in the way that pop sounds similar these days. And yeah. um, I kind of was like, no, okay, I, yeah. I get that. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, yeah, but cool. really good. I would uh, definitely recommend this album to, uh, to people. And I think that I would love for Halsey to be... I, I, I do worry a bit that she is, because of her lack of her own fingerprint, per se, that she might fade away before too long. Um, and I would like that not to happen, because she's obviously yeah. very talented. And, yeah. uh, and well, I, and I'll I tell you, she's, she's had another album come out since this one, and that was also very successful. Maybe not quite as many Great. radio hits as this one uh, or her first album, but... She's she's doing just fine, so don't, yeah. Don't okay. you worry about well, her. Good, good. Yeah. All right. Well, wonderful. Well, uh, definitely something I would recommend to people, and I'm I'm very happy that you uh, assigned it to me. Awesome. Uh, this was a fun a fun experience this week. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the most important thing here is what do you rate it, Travis? Yeah, I've thought about this a lot because uh, I actually I actually wondered if the, is this a is this a ten. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I flirted with it. I flirted with perfection, but I decided that ultimately it, uh, it's not for, I think the reasons that I've elucidated and, uh, I'm going to ding it, uh, at least a point for the swears and, uh, at least, a, uh, and possibly another point for the, um, uh, for the bits in which it's not original and unique. Um, and so I'm wondering if it's an eight or a nine. And uh, I am alternating between those two. Uh, and I guess I'll ask, what, what do you think? What do you think I should rate it? I, th- I think you should definitely give this a nine. I think, it's being, okay. I think it's being overly harsh to deduct it a full point for each of those pretty, pretty minor Not quibbles. For- Sure. Okay. Fine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Well, it's Christmas, so uh, in the in the uh, in the spirit of the Christmas season, I will give Halsey a nine for sure. And well, how about you? Well, thanks, Scrooge. I would. I agree. This is a nine for me. I I really love Halsey. I own this album on vinyl, uh, and I listen huh. to it regularly. It's it's really fantastic. Yeah, I would probably listen to this again. Uh, yeah, if I if I didn't have this show to like do listen to music as homework all the time, <laughs> uh, this is one of the albums that I would love to just kind of discover and have in my uh, in my uh, pocket per se. All right, so, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Well, Travis, uh, tell me mm-hmm. about Chronicle. 
Oh, Matt Chronicle is a uh, is one of is a very interesting movie. Chronicle came out in uh, 2012, so uh, it's a little over 10 years old, and it is a um, it's essentially a superhero origin story but told in the method of found footage so they they set up the premise early on right from the bat that this the main character is going to start recording his uh his life and the reason they give for it is instantly like oh okay that doesn't feel like a gimmick it feels like a really good reason and so he starts recording his life and um and you know, it's teenagers find a meteor and they get telekinetic powers because of it. And, uh, uh, you know, for one of them, the power corrupts. And it's that story. And so uh, it was it was the first movie from uh, Josh Trank, who is a, uh, a director. And he went on to do uh, the Fantastic Four movie from Fox, which was widely panned and uh, considered very awful. And it is awful. I've watched it. Uh, and so, it, and then he did one more movie. He did the, uh, he did Capone in 2020 and then hasn't done anything else uh, mm. as far as feature films. So it's interesting that he started for me this strong and then hasn't really followed it up. But uh, it's funny in my assignment last week, I mentioned that Dane DeHaan was the, uh, the big kind of breakout star and I completely, like, failed to mention the other big star that appears in this movie. And, uh, ah, I'm dropping I, his name. I think you mentioned Michael B. Jordan last week. No, you... I didn't. I didn't because I forgot he was in it. And I'm watching it going, oh, my God, that's a young Michael B. Jordan. And so not only have we experienced him already in this podcast uh, yeah. a couple times or just the one time. I'm not sure. Just in uh, Justin Creed, but uh, yeah, here he is again, and this was this was obviously one of his early roles because he is a t he's like a he looks like a teen. Well, this is post Friday Night Lights though, which I would say. Oh, was, was he his in that? Oh, okay. Oh, so he was a breakout. Oh, on was that show. was I never he watched in? It. Oh God, you're missing out, man. That's prestige television right there. It's so good. I did so watch good. the pilot actually because I was working on a pilot for a sports show um, yeah, it's that I so wanted to good. write. It's so good. Mm. Anyways, All right. yeah, Michael B is is fantastic. Uh, I didn't know that's where he came from. That's yeah. that's interesting. Well, good for you. Um so yeah, Michael B Jordan's in this and he's great. And uh, uh so it's a it's a it's a, I I really like it. There's reasons I'll go into, but uh, before I do, uh what did you think? What's your take? So I found this premise really, really interesting, and I'm really, really glad I watched this movie. I don't know if it was good. Mm. Uh, I, so I think the elephant in the room is, is that this is a found footage movie, and like mm -hmm. you said, there is a justification for why uh, so much of the footage the, the Dane DeHaan character shoots is, exists. Um, although I think that gets, I mean, I think they lean very hard on that justification for like months and months and months worth of filming that aren't necessarily totally justified, but, okay. uh, but more importantly for me, I didn't understand why this was a found footage movie. I didn't understand what bringing like, because for me, I think you have to, you have to, you have to tell people like why, why is this a found footage movie? Why did we want to make this a found footage movie? What problem is being solved by this being a found footage movie? Mm. And I don't, I don't think 
it gained anything from being a found footage movie other other than it gained like there were times in this movie where I was like, wait, I like I was trying to figure out things about found footage rather than just watching the movie. Like if this had been a straight film without that wrinkle, I think it would have been a better film and hmm. I wouldn't have missed it. Like I I don't I don't think found footage brought anything to this like and, like when I think of found footage, I think of it brings a sense of immediacy, it brings you closer to the story, it it like sucks you in and makes you feel like you're living it, right? Right. And this I didn't get that from this. And so then I wanted to know, well, why is this a found footage movie? So uh, I would that's a love, really interesting point. I would love for you to give me your take on why this is a found footage movie. Hmm. Other than they were popular at the time, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I think for I think it's probably that. Like it's a it's a hook, right? It's a it's a challenge. Uh, and I think for me, one of the reasons I liked this movie more than I probably would have if it were just a straight movie, and it, it's an interesting story, and I like the characters, and I like the acting and everything in it, but I think one of the reasons I especially like it is the filmmaking challenge of it, which is to do a special effects-driven movie mm-hmm. in this found footage style. So you're using cameras that don't support a lot of uh, a lot of uh, resolution or a lot of detail and you're trying to put in photorealistic um, uh, effects in that context mm-hmm. and I think that that's uh, for me it's interesting I like as a filmmaker myself seeing the challenge of that executed pretty well and the uh, but now that you say that I don't know if I can if I necessarily have a narrative uh, reason that it has to be found footage versus any other well, thing other than... Right, and if you think about... So traditionally, horror movies is like the the meat and potatoes of found footage, right? And I mm-hmm. think the, that, right, you're solving a couple of problems, right? A lot of horror movies are shot on very, very low budgets. And so doing found footage is a way of justifying, hey, we've got this kind of crummy footage... But also the, like I said, the immediacy of found footage is so important uh, for that horror genre, right? And here you've got clearly a pretty decent special effects budget and a pretty decent overall. Not huge. Budget. The whole movie's budget was like fifteen million. Yeah, but let's you know, it's that's a not insignificant budget, and they they definitely made it go right. Like there's a lot of. Yeah. There's a lot of money on screen here, uh, so that's good. Um, yeah. But I just, yeah, for me, I don't feel like it justified that. And, and I was constantly kind of, not constantly, several times through the movie, I was sort of distracted by it. I was like, wow, that's a really, really high resolution shot for a, you know, camcorder. And and then there were a few, especially in the last battle. So the last battle gets very confusing because, of course, Dane DeHaan's camera is largely not present anymore. And so there's security camera footage and there's police camera footage and there's, uh, I yep. think, maybe reporters on the scene. But there's several. Well, and also, he'll take other cameras and, and he'll, you know, he'll, there's a point where he takes other cameras from people uh, with his mind. And then they're, they're showing the video footage from those cameras. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it was fairly, 
I liked the uniqueness of that personally, but uh, I guess I understand how it doesn't add to the story. Yeah, it was just sort of mentally crunchy for me at various points through the movie. So yeah. I can see. I, I enjoy that kind of thing. I enjoy that kind of mental. Uh, it almost is a. It's almost a brain. It's a t- puzzle almost. Sure. And uh, I can see how that might not have been uh, enjoyable to you in a way that it was to me. Yeah. But. Uh, but okay. So moving on from that, uh, the story is really interesting, uh, and I like. This is one of those movies where they they just present you with this thing. Hey, there was a meteorite, and now they've got telekinetic powers and this is this is one where the hand waving works perfectly right because i don't care right there you're not going to suddenly convince me that there's a scientific reason why the meteorite gives them telekinetic powers it just does it just does yeah right yeah and i like that um because because any attempt to go further would have just made me throw my hands up and be like well that's dumb i hate that right so So that really works well for me. The performances are excellent. Uh, obviously, Michael B. Jordan is really good. The guy who plays Matt is really, really good. Uh, yeah, it's Alex Russell. He's on uh, TV shows now, like SWAT or something. Okay. And Dane DeHaan is, is really good. There were times when Dane DeHaan character, his character didn't feel... Like, uh, from a writing standpoint, from the acting, I think he acted what was on the page really, really well. From a writing standpoint, there were times when it felt like, well, we need him to be super upset right now, right? So even though he's got months and months of these two guys hanging out with him as his best friend uh, really closely, he's got all kinds of, like, real evidence that these people genuinely like him one offhand comment from his abusive dad is enough to throw him into a spiral where all of a sudden he hates uh, he hates his quote-unquote friends enough to have that confrontation with Michael B. Jordan in the thunderstorm and ultimately kill him, right? And I, that felt kind of like, it felt like, well, we need to move the story forward, so now he's upset, right? Right. Uh, um, rather than like any kind of thing that, originated in like a grounded sense of reality yeah and i get that but i also remember what it was like to be an emotionally a teenager in emotional turmoil and uh and also have an abusive uh father figure and also have like be wondering whether your friends are your friends because they're because they actually like you or because you're popular or or because you're the star of the school play or or whatever and um, so to, that stuff resonated yeah. with me in a fairly realistic way. Yeah, no, I know. I I don't think the story is wrong. I just think the way it was presented here, there was like all sorts of like really close, tight interaction with these guys where he was really integrated into their daily lives. And then the like a switch flips, right? Mm-hmm. And it did not, yeah. there there it just didn't feel justified by the story. I'm not saying that this, like, yes, I get that his family situation causes him to react differently to the acquisition of powers than the other guys. Like, that story right there, I love that, right? But just the the mechanics of the way it worked out here felt, again, like a little crunchy to me, a little bit like, well, we, you know, 
it's funny. The pacing of this movie is really odd, right? Like there are times in the early, you know, in the first 45, 50 minutes when you're like, is the plot going to kick in at any point here? Right. Like, yeah, it's like these... everyone seems pretty OK with it. And they're like, they're, everyone's getting along real well for a long time until. until yeah, there's like these li- there's like all these little vignettes and and you're like there are times when you just go, well, what is what is the conflict of this movie? Right. Yeah. Because there's got to be a conflict. We got to we got to move this forward somehow. And, you know, and then it does kick into gear. And I, uh, but it just the pacing of it was very odd to me. Well, so for the uh, for for the people listening, uh, there are a couple things that happen after the, these three guys basically get telekinetic powers from a meteorite, right? And they're exploring them together. They kind of they kind of piece it together. There's there's, there's not a lot of like uh, what's going on. They're they're all pretty early. Like, oh yeah, we got powers. Let's uh, let's work on it. Like, there's a very there's a very boys being boys sequence where they're like hitting each other with baseballs. Yeah. Uh, that's just like, yeah, I mean, teenage boys are just going to, given the opportunity, they're going to smack each other, right? And yeah, yeah. I have lived as a teenage boy, and boy, I've I've felt that one before. Yeah, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. And then, uh, but uh, Dane DeHaan's character, who is, uh, he's, he's always been kind of friendless and alone, and he has the abusive father, and uh, and he kind of learns how to utilize the power better and uh, and more with more finesse and accuracy and so he's stronger than the other two and uh i think so at some point he causes uh, a truck to to crash and um and is scolded for using his power and i think because he is he views himself as the stronger one but the other two are trying to Im- uh, place restrictions on him mm-hmm. I think that's what creates the uh, the the rift that 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 eventually grows between them, and uh, and then along with that, having that power, instead of instead of being responsible with it, he becomes corrupted by it. Yeah, and uh, I think it really, to me, that arc works pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, like like I said, I do I do definitely get why he becomes sort of a, it's funny because you call it a superhero origin story but it's really a super villain a super and villain. superhero yeah. origin story yeah. and and i think that really works well like i i i liked this movie i just there were some choices made that i regretted that i think if they had been made differently i would have loved this movie and as it yeah. was i just liked it yeah i i, I find it really interesting to to think about the idea of this movie not being the format that it was like mm-hmm. having, having had the, um, you know, just being more of a straight movie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause you can, there are, there are moments where, where he is controlling the camera with his mind and he's like, the camera is just kind of floating up around him and, and he's just like floating it off the side. And I'm like, yeah, you could do that with showing him lev- levitating a rock or, or whatever yeah. other thing. Yeah. But it's, I feel like it was, original and uh not seen before to have it be yeah. actually the camera that he's controlling and so yeah and they I, do some really interesting cinematographic things with it uh you know and funny funnily enough i guess i just thought of this they're kind of choices that like a teenager would make right that somebody who had gone to film school would never like would never film that scene from that angle because that's 
you know, very unorthodox, right? But mm-hmm. this kid's just like, look what I can do with the camera. And it goes up over his head and it goes around. And, you know, so that, that I think was really clever. Yeah. Yeah. The other big uh, found footage movie that, uh, that comes to mind as far as sci-fi would be uh, Cloverfield um, from J.J. Abrams and, uh, and, and that crew. And I feel like that was around the same time. Maybe... I don't know if it was a little earlier. I or think later, it might have been a little earlier, but yeah, yeah. it feels like it would have been, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, but that also was a pretty good, you know, special effects in uh, this kind of movie. But I also think that one had a bigger budget, if I'm not mistaken. Like, uh, I think part of the magic of this was that doing it all for fifteen million dollars um, was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, and you know, yeah, he definitely did time. not waste the studio's money on this. You know? No, no, it's good, and uh, I'm really. It's really a shame that his next movie, which did have a huge budget, he went he went from this to like a full on superhero movie. Like he got the Fantastic Four, which is one of the you know royal families of comic books, and um, and it just ended up being very bad because Fox was just trying to keep the rights, and that's why you know, and that's never a good reason to make a movie. Yeah, I think, but Fantastic Four has really never been well served by a movie, right? I don't know. I like the first. Uh, I like the one that was originally made with um, with uh, Michael Chiklis and uh, and Jessica Alba and uh, uh, Captain America, Chris Evans as uh, Johnny Johnny Storm. I, I really like that one. Okay. Yeah. I, but even the I, sequel I, I with know. the Silver Surfer was pretty good. Like I don't know. They weren't especially good because I feel like at the time Marvel really hadn't shown up yet with a mm-hmm. with a oh you can do good superhero movies you know with good mm-hmm. deep stories I don't know if that had happened yet mm-hmm. um all we'd had is maybe you know we'd had Batman and we'd had X-Men which was pretty good X-Men 2 especially was one of my favorite superheroes of all time um so I don't know but it was still early days when those yeah. first Fantastic Four movies came out anyway yeah. that's off topic um yeah, I, I, and I, and you know what we just said about this chronicle being actually a, a supervillain origin yeah. is pretty good. And and having watched Joker with you, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I really like a good villain origin story where you yeah. actually get real motivations and real, um, you know, yeah, outcomes. I, you know, you could certainly complain that oh, you're you're humanizing these people that are doing all these awful things, but. I think one thing that I've always found to be true is villains never think they're the villain. Oh, yeah. That's rule number one. Yeah, Nobody ever thinks that I'm the bad guy. They always have a justification. And seeing those stories, knowing that they really are a bad person and they do bad things, right? So, I mean, the, the classic problem is you know, the young teenage boys who are like, the Joker's amazing, right? And they, they take the entirely wrong lesson from Fight Club or, uh, you yep. know, uh, any of any of these other films like right. that, yep. where they're like, oh, yeah, Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden, I love him. And it's like, no, no, that's not, that's not the point. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think... Well, people who don't have, who lack the ability to think deeply about such things. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I like this, and I found it interesting, and I'm glad I watched it, but it was, it felt very flawed to me. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, do you want to go ahead and give it a rating? 
Well, I would say it's about average, but I love Michael B. Jordan, and so that definitely gives it an extra. No, I'm kidding. This was a this I, this was a six for me. It's above average, I... but the the sort of the significant issues with it really brought it down a little bit in my estimation. Hmm. I just wanted to do your your trick of like giving a very specific reason for a point. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I also like Michael B. Jordan, uh, and I like him in this, but I think that he wasn't the best part of this movie, uh, mm-hmm. strangely enough. And as 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 powerful an actor as he has become, uh, he was pretty much, you know, uh, a, just a decent young Honestly, actor. Honestly, he's playing, he's playing his Friday Night Lights character uh, oh. at the beginning of the movie. Like he's, Which a, makes sense. Uh, he's a high school, you know, football quarterback. No, Fair. cool, yeah. 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 Very charming, very handsome, yeah. uh, and so uh, yeah, it's it's completely understandable that he has risen to the heights that he is that he has. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you're six. I'm gonna counter this boy. I don't know. Um, I really like this, and I I'm I'm struggling to think of something I didn't like about it, um, other than the the some of the effects are dated a bit, mm-hmm. um, and and you're right some of the, like the acting isn't always uh consistent mm-hmm. necessarily so but i i still think it feels original as an id even though it's 13 years old and uh, and there have been other takes on this story i'm going to go i'm going to give it a 9 nice boy Very that cool. surprises me that I, I, I didn't think it. i was going to do that yeah i guess yeah. when you introduced this movie last week i did not get nine vibes off of you, no, but uh, no. but I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, this is probably the third time I've seen it, so it's not a movie that I've revisited a lot. But uh, but I think it's a strong, strong movie. Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's really cool. Well, hey, before we move into next week's assignments, Travis, I did want to mm-hmm. note. I just found out this morning uh, that on Monday Andre Brower died, and I just wanted to say how much I love him. From I know him from Brooklyn Nine Nine, but he's obviously been on a series of shows for like twenty years, and he's a great both comedic and serious actor. He was uh, his big breakthrough was actually in Glory back in the nineties with Matthew Broderick and is it Denzel or Morgan Freeman? No, yeah, no, I don't remember. Den- yeah, the both. Den- Oh, both. both. Okay, great. There. That's why I couldn't yeah. remember which one it was. And yeah, uh, Denzel Washington got nominated for uh, an Academy Award for Glory. Yeah, uh, but anyways, yeah, really sad news that Andre Brower died at the age of sixty-one uh, this week, and oh, I just wow. wanted to—I just wanted to note that. That is, a, yeah, I've met him before. Uh, he had been to a show at Acme, and uh, and that was ah, what a shame. Yeah, he's uh, a really lots of sweet people guy. We lost this year. Uh, yeah, uh, we also, you know. Uh, eh, anyway, no yeah, talking about. Un- unfortunately, I think that's only going to get worse as we. Uh, the future marches as we on, get older. Know? Yeah, more people yeah. that we know are are going to die. Yeah, that's that's yeah. how uh, that's how life works, unfortunately. Yeah, but you know what? I try to like these these famous people that die. I try to look at it like, uh, and the sixty one is too young. But I also look at it like, look what you did. You know, yeah. look what you did with your life. Yeah. You did things that people will remember uh, for a while, or at least yeah. things that you can be proud of um, that you yeah. shared with the world. So yeah, I only for sure. hope that I can do uh, the same. Oh, Travis, you've done a lot of things that you can be proud of, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I can do. I can do more. Yeah. I got more in me. Good. I'm really glad to hear hear that. Well, so let's talk about next week because let's next week is going to be bonkers. Uh, yeah, next week is as, a super duper extra, very very special episode. 
Yeah, yeah. Normally, we do our very special episodes every 10 episodes where uh, we assign something. We Like, I will give Matt a movie that I haven't seen, and he mm-hmm. will give me a, a, a band that I have that he hasn't listened to. Heard, right? But now, we're going to completely switch it up. Everything's going to be totally crazy, because I, the avowed music guy of this podcast, am going to give you a movie, and you, the movie guy, are going to give me music that I have never heard before. And I have, oh, and uh, yeah, so it's going to be one of my favorite albums and one of your yeah. favorite movies, but that, yes. but that the other hasn't, like, we've, yeah. just, we've been talking about this for months and yes. uh, thinking about what we yes. were, were going to do, so uh, I'm yes. very excited and about I, this. Bef- I, I actually really hope that you have not seen the movie. You once mentioned that you hadn't seen it, but it's been like six months, and so now I, maybe oh. you've watched it in the interview. I probably time. have not experienced things that weren't assigned or that I haven't assigned you, so I think we're oh, probably good. safe. Uh, okay. But I also will say, the uh, on a side note, one of the things that listeners should look for is a, uh, a little... Uh, tidbit extra episode we are going to release your podcast with your nephew yes. as a little side thing and maybe we'll record a yeah. little intro um for that yeah we're gonna have a bonus episode for that we'll definitely record a little intro for that but on christmas you can wake up christmas morning and listen to me and my nephew review the muppet christmas carol oh that's gonna be so cool all righty great so what do you have for me travis what? Oh, what do I have for you? Okay, good one. Well, what I have for you is uh, the first album uh, from Keith Hampton. Uh, It's called Hope Fire. And uh, Keith is uh, a a very old friend of mine. Uh, I've actually known him the longest of anybody um, we were friends in like the first grade and then ever since. And, uh, so he has been, uh, he's been a constant, uh, in my life. Uh, well, not even a constant, actually. We had, we had, you know, when I moved away from town, we kind of drifted apart and then we drifted together. And, um, it's a, it's a very special relationship to me. And Keith went to school at Boston University for music and oh, nice. uh, studied, uh, studied opera and studied all sorts of things and, and graduated, which to me was an amazing thing because I did not, and also released this album back in 2002, I believe. And, uh, and this was uh, a, a full year before I moved to L.A., so... Um, it was inspiring to me to see him do this creative thing and actually accomplish it and put it out into the world. But also, it's really good. I, the heart, like Keith will tell you that his best album is uh, an album called Journeyman. And it is very good. I listened to that uh, this week uh, just to kind of refresh my memory on that. But for me, Hopefire has so much heart and feel. Uh, and to give you a bit of context, he. Uh, cites his inspiration as uh, uh, Joni Mitchell being a huge inspiration for him. So okay. if you like her kind of folk music, that's very much where Keith uh, lands as far as the type of music that he does. So um, I hope you like Hope Fire, and yeah. uh, that's what I'm going to have you listen to. That sounds really cool. I'm very excited to hear that. Hey, Travis, do you like mm-hmm. Dick? What have you got? Do you like Do Dick? I like... I love... Uh, I mean, without being, without being oh, sorry. too explicit. I meant to say, do you like 1999 American movie, Dick? Have you seen it? Uh, I don't know. What is it? I don't know. Oh, good. You haven't seen it. I'm really glad to hear that. So, Wait, na- what? 
there's a movie called this isn't Dick. Like the, this isn't like the Dick Cheney movie, is it? No. There's a movie called Dick from 1999. Isn't the Dick Cheney movie also called Dick? Oh, my God. Travis, I'm going to need you to stay focused here. Okay? I'll shut up. Go ahead. What? <laughs> Tell it's me about 1990. Dick. It's a 1999 comic reimagining of the Watergate scandal that stars Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams as uh, two warm-hearted but unworldly 15-year-old friends who, through various arbitrary circumstances, become Deep Throat. Oh. Yes. Oh. I've heard of this movie but have never seen it. Yes. This is the movie you're giving me? This is the movie I'm giving you. I'm giving you a comedy, Travis, and it's the, really. You, I get it. You have said that I uh, we have not had enough comedies, but uh, this is one of your favorite movies. Yeah, I love this movie. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I am. I am all in for it. This is going to be great. I think you're really, really going to love also uh, the person who plays Dick Nixon, Dan Hedaya. Oh yeah, I've yeah. I've enjoyed him in in some things. You know, it's yeah. funny, and he's actually really good with comedy. Uh, yeah. I I did not particularly like his casting in Alien Four, um, but that was uh, <laughs> that was the director's fault. Yeah, uh, that was the director's so, fault. You know, and I love. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Kristen Dunst did a uh, a cheer movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see yeah, that? You probably of seen it because your daughter. I, I'm a huge fan of Bring It On. No, I saw it well. Before. Bring It On. Yeah. Yeah, I'm well familiar I really with like that, up. too. Did oh, you good. see the gymnastics movie that she's not in? Someone else was in it. Um, <laughs> Did you see the gymnastics movie that Kirsten Dunst is not in? You're going to have to narrow that down slightly, but I don't think uh, I have seen that. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, <laughs> what's the... Gonna, what's, gymnastic, uh, just Google gymnastics movie that yeah, Kirsten Google, Dunst is not in. Google gymnastics movie, no Kirsten Dunst. Uh, <laughs> what, wait, where's my where's Well, my first Google? of all, her name is Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten so, Dunst. The, not in a gymnastics movie. <laughs> bring it on. Wait, no, that's no, Bring that's, It On. That's, that's the one she on. is in. And well, it's, it's only, okay. yeah. Gymnastics movie comedy. <laughs> stick it stick it is the movie oh i have not and, seen that uh, i have not seen you that. should watch stick it because it's fun maybe i'll maybe i'll just assign that to you because okay. I, I remember enjoying it well so don't maybe, watch it yet i'm not gonna watch it yet but i think right. this week you're gonna watch dick and i'm gonna watch dick and you're gonna listen to oh gosh what's the name hope fire hope fire you're going to listen to hope fire well but you're by... gonna listen to it too well, I yeah, I do regularly, but uh, Hope Fire by Keith Hampton. Yep. Hope Fire by Keith Hampton. Is it on the streaming services? How do it's I find on, it? It's on YouTube's. Yep. Okay. It's on great. YouTube Music. So great. you go ahead and st- create a create a show list because that's where people are going. I have to do your work for you now. Oh well, man, it's just an album. Just search for oh, it. jeez, boy, boy, oh boy. Hey, Travis, this has uh-huh. been really fun today. And yeah. I really appreciate you exposing yourself to me. Oh, I knew it was going to be fun, and I appreciate you exposing yourself to me. Thank you. 